this is that other sports show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Welcome back. It is Jesse. It is Jay. We have returned. It is that of the sports show. Probably the quickest show we've ever done, but we're going to get it done. We're going to start with a Thursday night game, Jess. The Dallas Cowboys are playing the New Orleans Saints. They are a four and a half point favorite, Jess. Who you got? Uh, I got to go. Uh, I got to go Dallas, even uh, without uh, McCarthy uh, possibly not being on the sidelines. Yeah. Dallas is struggling, uh, back-to-back losses here, pessimistic. Jay is back in the building. Ooh. I like them. Um, I don't like the spread. I think they win by two, three tops. Uh, next game, we're going to go Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Tampa Bay is an 11-point favorite. Who you got? Uh, I like Tampa Bay, but I'm going to be honest, man. I don't like the spread. I think it's a, it's a little bit too high. There's something going on in Tampa Bay, but I like the uh, Bucks to win. Yeah, not a big fan of the spread either, but not a big fan of Atlanta. This does feel about 9 and 10 points to me. 10 to 11 feels about right. Um, I don't want to push, so I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with what you say. Atlanta wins. Or I'm sorry, Tampa Bay wins. Atlanta covers. Boom. Uh, Arizona back off of a bye. I don't know if Murray's playing. I believe he is. They are traveling to Chicago. Chicago is a 7.5 point favorite. Who you got? Uh, I like uh, Arizona regardless, but I uh, don't like Arizona to push too fast for Murray to come back. You are taking on the Bears. No offense, Chris, but uh, I'll, I'll take the Cardinals. Uh, and what's the spread? Seven and a half. Do I like that? I'll take them both. Yeah, I like Arizona to win and cover. This feels like a 10-point game. Uh, the Chargers, they are traveling to the Bengals. Bengals feel like they are trending up. The Chargers possibly trending down. The Bengals are a three-point favorite at home, so maybe Vegas thinks differently. Who you got? I do like the trend. Uh, I, I think that the Bengals are trending up. Uh, I think they're young and explosive. Chargers are dealing with a lot of uh, injuries and uh, and uh, stuff going on over there with their lineup. I'm going to go Bengals and uh, the three points. I'll take the three points. Yeah, I, I think I Bengals. Like Bengals trending up. I like the Bengals and the three. I, I think this ends up being like a five or a six point game. Yeah. Um, Bengals stick to running the ball, uh, play action with Burrow. They're dangerous, and the Chargers, like you said, they seem to have some issues, some holes, if you will. The Minnesota Vikings are a seven point favorite on the road against the Detroit Lions. I don't understand why we've spent so much time trying to fire Nagy when. Detroit has, I believe, no wins and a tie to their record. Uh, Minnesota, seven. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like Minnesota. Um, I would take seven points, too. I know it's on the road. That's a that's a big spread to take on the road. But uh, I'm taking Minnesota both both ways. I just got a text that uh, Kelly's leaving Notre Dame for LSU. So the, the, the shift of coaches begins. Um, yeah, Minnesota. I've said this every week that we talk about football. Minnesota tends to be in a lot of close games. This was the first close game that they weren't in. Uh, San Francisco ended up beating them up late. Um, but I like the Vikings more because Detroit's just an absolute mess. Um, they are. I don't have any faith or trust in Dan Campbell, and I don't understand. Again, I, I think this guy should be fired. And I know that Detroit's just a you know they're they're a fucking a burning trash can. But still, <laughs> I, they you got to start somewhere, and Campbell ain't it. Um, Miami, they are a three point favorite at home versus the New York football giants. Who you got, man, this is one of those tough, like picking games. Um, I think Miami's trending up in the right direction at the right time of the season. I think the giants are, are trending down. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to, uh, surprisingly enough, I'm going to take the dolphins, uh, who have won four straight. And I'm also going to take for some strange reason. I really wanted to go giants here upset. Just because at some point, you know, the Dolphins are going to have that flub in the season. And didn't the Giants just beat the Eagles? I can't even remember how that game finished. I believe. Did they beat the Eagles? I think they did. Um, or did the Eagles win? I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think the Eagles lost that game, actually. This is this is, this is is interesting. The fact that Miami's only getting three at home, it, it kind of tells me that Vegas thinks that this is more pick them than, than I want to say. But I'm going to go Miami reluctantly with the points. I don't love that pick. Um, the Jets at home, 
six and a half point dog. The Philadelphia Eagles are across the board six and a half point favorite. Um, their offense was fucking stagnant last week, um, but they're a six and a half point favorite. Who you got, Jess? And this is the Eagles and Jets. Yes, the New York football, football Jets. Jets. Uh, I like the Eagles in this game. I don't like the points. Uh, I think six is a bit high. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Uh, probably like somewhere around a 17, 14, yeah, exactly. 16, 13 type exactly. score. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I do like the Eagles because I just believe that the Jets are a mess regardless. Zach Wilson came back his first game, uh, had one of the most mediocre football games of the season, and they still won. That's great, but they're just not a very good football team. And Jalen Hurts, I, I know that a lot of people are calling for his head, but I don't know why, man. Let the kid just play. He's a winner. He's been a winner since high school. He won all the way through college. Uh, he's winning some football games in the pros. The, so you're going Philly winning cover? Yeah, and, Eagles in cover. Uh, once again, stealing your take. To me, <laughs> this just stinks like a 2016 game. This yeah. just doesn't. This doesn't. I just this doesn't feel like an offensively a fun game. This feels like a game where the Jets get a touchdown on a silly run that breaks, and they get like three field goals and. And the Eagles get a touchdown on a turnover, and then Jalen runs a touchdown in. It seems like the more Philly that I watch on red zone, the more I notice it. They're they're doing the Lamar Jackson thing. Their entire offense is just surrounded by at some point Jalen Hurts going, "All right, I'm just going to take this ball game over. I'm just going to see what I can do if I could just take this fucker over." And, and he hasn't yet. Less times and more, if you will. Uh, I am in agreement with you, but I say Philly wins the Jets cover. Cause again, this feels like 20 to 16 to me or 17, 13. It just feels like an ugly mid game. I feel sorry for anyone that pays to see this game. The Colts who I believe are trending upwards, somewhat sexy are facing the Houston Texans. The Texans are once again, an enormous spread against this one's eight and a half, so not the usual double digits that we've been getting. Well, Colts on the road, eight and a half. Jess, who you got? Give Tyrod one game, you know, one game back, and he, and then all of a sudden you go from double digit, you know, spreads to single digit. It's good, good stuff. Uh, I, I like Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis has the best offensive line in football. Uh, they're the the toughest grind them out football uh, football team in the in the league. And Jonathan Taylor, without Derrick Henry in the league right now, Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the NFL. And I believe, especially after this last weekend, if you look at how teams have been winning, they're winning by running the ball. And Indianapolis can run the ball better than any team in, in football right now. So I'm going going Colts, and I'm taking the, the points. I'm spacing now and wondering how much money – it's Brian Kelly, right? How much more money – LSU could have paid him to Notre Dame. Couldn't be that much more, right? Maybe just change the scenery. Do you think it's extra bucks? Do you think it's easier to recruit at LSU or Notre Dame? Uh, I, I personally, I think on a, on a national level, it's got to be easier to uh, to recruit from LSU. That's tough. That's a good question. I just okay, but I I'm do just love thinking. The question. You need to post that shit because that's a great question. I just thought that out loud. Um, I like the Colts to win and cover. Um, I don't like the Texans. I still think they're a mess. And and again, agreeing with everything that Jess said. Jess and I were on the Colts line was great like five weeks ago. We, we sniffed that out weeks ago before Taylor started having these enormous games. Um, so, yeah, Colts win, Colts cover. Washington football team at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders, fresh off of pounding my Dallas Cowboys in a very ugly football game with a shitload of penalties. At some point, it felt like that game was the Cowboys to lose. And I know I tweeted this. I don't. It isn't about discrediting Las Vegas as much as it is just when you give up 500 yards on offense and when you make mistakes on special teams and then when you, uh, I just have terrible uh, four defensive uh, pass interferences by the same player and your offense can't get started and that, and you have your third and fourth receiver or your, your first and second receivers, you're going to have problems. You're going to struggle. Uh, with all that said, Jess, back to the Vegas, back to Vegas and Washington, uh, (laughs) two and a half point favorite Vegas at home. 
again, uh, the Vegas, Vegas themselves, the insiders are telling us maybe they don't love Vegas at home with the two and a half. It's across the board, by the way, who you got. No, I think that from what I've been hearing about, uh, I think the Washington football team are somewhere now on the verge of a possible playoff spot. Oh, uh, I think that um, the Las the, the Las Vegas Raiders, however, I don't think are getting enough credit for the wins that they've gotten. I know that their wins lately have been uglier than they were earlier in the season. The Kansas but, City game hurt them. But I'm going to tell you what, man the uh, the Jewish Messiah Derek Carr. I yes, mean, that guy. That guy is you know. You see that hair? You see he's that beard? Jew. He's got that going. He's got the thing going on, man. And he They're... is in the spiritual realm, folks. And they will win this game. And they will cover the, <laughs> they the will spiritual cover. realm. They are going to cover. Is he Doslam? You got to see the Got to see. You just got to take a look at Derek. <laughs> so you call them Jew. You call them a Jew when he's Christian AF and everybody knows it. I know. But you know what? That's No, I, I like it. I'm good with it. You can run with that gimmick. It's fucking, it, I'm good with it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> remember at the very beginning of the football season when we were doing our pickums, and I said, hey, Washington might fuck around and win, a, um, they might win a one of these uh, wild cards. Washington might fuck around and win that division if the yeah. Cowboys end up just urinating all over themselves, having players continue to get COVID and not get vaccinated, um, continue to have offensive line problems, um, continue to let Dak fall out of um, comeback player of the year when all these things are happening. You know, they if the Cowboys go like three and three these next six games and Washington goes like whatever five and two, and they win those two games against Dallas because they still have two games against Dallas. That's the swing right there. That's where the pendulum swings. That's where that's where that. that's where us Cowboys fans start feeling like the Cowboys fans that we felt like the last 20 years where these fuckers whine us and dine us and get our emotions all high and then they just pull the rug out from under us and once again we're fucking eight and eight. Um <laughs> Jess, what you got by the way? I, I I'm sorry to jump No, I got the, I got chat. the Ra- I got the Raiders. I got the you Ra- got Raiders at home in their in their, in their, in their religious their religious yes, leader uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr's going to lead them into the promised land. He's going to take the energy of Christianity and he's going to just spray it all over Washington. He's going to He just wants you to say your prayers, brother. He's Take your drink, vitamins, brother. He's going to drink a 32-ounce glass of whole, <laughs> vi- whole vitamin D milk, not that yeah. 2% shit. No, not 2%. It's, it's got to have a red cap. That's right. And he's <laughs> down in it. Producer's Dairy. Shout out Producer's <laughs> Dairy. It's got to be local. It's got to be from Fresno. Um, Man, I'm going the opposite way, even though I just saw Ooh. the Raiders beat my Cowboys. I like Washington in this game. I think they run the ball well. I think that their defense is stout. I'm still in one of your terms here. And uh, I like Washington in this game. I think Washington wins and they cover. I think they win uh, by four points on the road. Uh, that's where I'm going. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say that that's a hot take. Thank you. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I was due for one. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a 12 and a half. And at some websites, a 13 point underdog to the Los Angeles Rams. Interesting stories coming out now with the Los Angeles Rams. Now that they're losing, now the narrative has shifted to, well, you know, Matt Stafford's injured, right? You know, he's in, he's got a really bad uh, shoulder thing. And now those stories are coming out. You know, that's nothing, nothing to do with Odell Beckham being absolutely mid as fuck and still not a great route runner. None of that. It just, and their defense gave up points. It just, it has to with Matt Stafford. Now he's injured. Um, 12 and a half, 13 at some sites. Again, we know the Jaguars. The ja- Again, Jacksonville, staying with the theme of the season, double digit, uh, you know, underdogs as usual. Uh, who you got? Uh, I, you know, I, I typically don't like to go with that big of a, of a spread, like 12 and a half is a big spread. <clears throat> and I know that Matthew Stafford, I just want to say this real quick. Matthew Stafford used to throw for like near 5,000 yards almost every season in Detroit. So why people are ready to crown them the Super Bowl champions without them, without Matthew Stafford even winning a playoff game yet yeah. is beyond me. Because that the narrative's guy, there. The guy can throw the football, okay? He can get yards. He's a stat maker. He's Kirk Cousins before Kirk Cousins. Hmm. But you got to win a playoff game, and they haven't done that yet. He hasn't done that yet. So, uh, but I I like the Rams because of their overall talent, and uh, OBJ did catch a big touchdown pass in their last game. So people are starting to like kind of swing that, you know, swing that line. Um, 
And uh, Jacksonville is just terrible. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams. And reluctantly, I'm going to take the points, but I really don't want to. Yeah. I'm not taking the points. I, I, it's funny because there were there was a moment there where we were taking the points every week with the Jags. There were like three or four weeks where they were just they were just giving up the booty, and then the Bills game happened, and they ended up covering like you wouldn't believe. And I think that I know I've been a little bit more hesitant on all the big spreads since then. Um, I don't like the 13. I know the Rams are home. I know Jacksonville is east traveling to west, which usually is that spell for a blowout, especially when it's a bad team. But I, I'm, I just don't know if I trust the Rams. Now, maybe this is the get some back on track game where they just, you know, they get that home, that home beat down. But, but I don't like, I don't like the 13. I think they win, but I think they win by like 10 or maybe, uh, maybe 12. I don't know. I'm, I'm going Rams win, Jags cover. And, and again, I think the narrative of we should be keeping our eye on the Rams the next five games is in play. Let's see which way they swing here momentum-wise. Um, the Ravens, they are a three-point favorite on the road to the Pittsburgh Steelers, three-and-a-half on sub-sites. The Ra- the Steelers seem to be trend high, trend low, penthouse outhouse. Big Ben's back to being fat. Big Ben's back to being a turnover machine. Um, when they get beat, they get the doors blown off of them. And that was one of those games. And I can't remember a time that it's probably been a few years since the Steelers lost. Both. Uh, let me know when you can hear me. Can you hear me? Uh oh. Testing, testing, can you hear me? Testing, testing, can you hear me? Can you hear me now, Jess? Testing, testing. Testing, testing. Check, check, check. Ravens, uh, Steelers have been struggling at home. Uh, Steelers have been struggling, trending up, trending down, uh, out house, penthouse. I was doing that take. Who you got? Um, so I, I've, I all, all year this year, I've kind of gone back and forth with the Steelers. Um, mm. as the rightfully trend, so, as the trend goes, I mean, obviously, right? Like, uh, and I said, uh, pretty firmly that the Steelers are going to uh, make a playoff run, like they typically do in the latter stages of Ben Roethlisberger's career, uh, in the second half of the season. Well. That's not necessarily happened the way that what I've seen is inconsistencies on the defense, inconsistencies on the offense, mm-hmm. and just almost overall bad quarterback play by the future Hall of Fame quarterback. So I'm going opposite. I'm taking uh, not the Steelers, but the Ravens. But the Ravens. And the Ravens have been playing well. I still don't mm-hmm. believe in Baltimore. As like a Super Bowl contender, I think they've won a lot of really weird fucking games. But Lamar Jackson is still playing at a higher level. And I'm going to compare that like as far as quarterbacks go. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the better quarterback right now. I'm going to take the Ravens and their defense over the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. Last night's a perfect example of a really weird game for the Ravens where – I think Lamar turned the ball over four times and they still found a way to win. And you usually don't have your quarterback commit four turnovers and you still win. So um, they, I've said it every week that we talk about them. They could be up 10 to 14 points. At some point, they're going to lose that lead. They could be down 10 to 14 points. And sometimes at some point they're going to come back in that game. They've just had games like that all year the ravens and the and the the vikings i'm telling you have played so many close games this year 
I don't think they have a lot of games where they got the doors blown off of them. Steelers opposite. I, you know, there was a moment we were doing this show, Jess, and I was all out on Tomlin. I've completely changed on that. I think that Tomlin at this point is now at a Belichick level where he needs to get another quarterback and a two to three year run with that quarterback before we say, all right, Tomlin's time is coming past. Yeah. Um, he's, he's not going to win with Big Ben. And I understand his thought process of he's a loyal guy and he wants to ride him out. He's ridden him out. There's nothing left. There's no more gas in that motherfucking tank. There ain't no more laps left in that old dog. <laughs> it's time to put him out into the pasture. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we've, we've gotten to where we need to get. And if they're going to finish the year out, that's cool. If they want to look at this as a rebuilding year for the second half, that's cool. But at this point now, they're better off either reaching for somebody during free agency. Maybe they get into that rust sweepstakes. Um, who yeah. knows? Yep, but who who knows? But they it ain't happening with Big Ben anymore. Um, I like the Ravens to win, and I like them to cover. I think they win by six or seven. The San Francisco 49ers coming off a big win at home after looking mid. They are now six and five and back in the mix. They are going up into Seattle and playing the Seattle Seahawks, who I believe are starting to play here in a moment um, as we record the show. Um they, it, it, the Niners are three-point favorite on the road. I see two and a half. I see it as low as two on some sites. So that line's moving around, and it might move a little bit more depending on how tonight's game ends because, again, we are recording this on Monday. Uh, who you got? Uh, you know what, man? I'm not a fan of either of these teams. I think that the, both these teams are lacking a lot on in certain areas of the of the football team. Uh, San Francisco's quarterback play needs to be a lot better but their defense needs to be a lot better as well. Whereas with Seattle, Russ, <laughs> Russ needs protection. He's not had, he's not been protected for the last three and a half, four years of his career. That's yeah, why the guy just is constantly running around. And their defense is, is absolutely mid defense. Mm-hmm. And, and it's sad, you know? So, um, but with that being said, Seattle has looked like less than mid. Let's be real about that. They're Pete very Carroll, bad. Pete Carroll's only, only uh, like goodwill at this point in time is the fact that he knows mm-hmm. he's not going to lose his job. He basically mm-hmm. has the Seattle job for the rest of his life until he dies. Well, uh, and he's like, and he's, he's in done. his eighties, so exactly, he's like the guy's like 79, 80 years old or something. He's he's going to have this job until he he decides he doesn't want this job anymore. I think Whether that time's coming. I think it's probably coming soon. Uh, probably going to have something to do with the with where Russ ends up, but um. I definitely uh, I don't like I don't like the Seahawks and the 49ers are trending up at least. So I'm going to take the younger, uh, stronger, quicker team. This, this way it is. Yeah, Seattle might be two and eight by the end of tonight. And that's enormous. And echo what you say. I think that the the Carroll thing is interesting because he's kind of godfathered there. But at the same time, you figure at some point, you know, it's like. At the end of a Thanksgiving meal, when that uncle, that Theo doesn't know how to leave because there's still alcohol. And at some point, you just got to say, so what are y'all doing after this? Because that's the polite way of saying, I want you guys to leave my house now. Uh, um, This is kind of what's going on with Pete Carroll now. At some point, that GM has to go, so what are you doing after the end of the season? What y'all doing? You doing something? You start golfing? What you got going on? Uh, I don't know what happens, but I, I I know it's time for a change in Seattle. The the defense has to turn over. Once they lose rest, they lose a lot. Unless they're getting back a ton of equity in, in trades or, or signing trades. I don't know. I know I like the Niners. I know I like the three and the two yeah. and any of these websites. Uh, Niners trending back up if they win this game. They'll be seven and five and they'll be in the mix. We love teams in the mix, Jess. In the mix. Yeah, the, you always want to be in the mix, especially after week 13. Um the Denver Broncos are a 10-point underdog. The Kansas City Chiefs at home, 10-point favorite. They've slapped around my Dallas Cowboys. They're slapping. They, they look like the team that we thought they'd be. All the talk about where is Russell, you know, where's Mahomes? What's going on with our boy Mahomes? What's going on with Patty? All the talk about his brother, that stuff seemed to uh, subside a little bit. The talk about how terrible their defense has subsided a bit. And uh, 10 points. Uh, AFC West matchup. Jess, who you got? 
the, I I believe that the Chiefs are not just trending up, but they are finally getting healthy. Uh, Clyde mm. uh, Edwards Hilaire is back. Um, I believe Travis Kelsey is 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 healthier now than he was three to six <laughs> games ago, and Patrick Mahomes has settled into his role as. Uh, the next Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I have no real offensive line, so I'm going to have to make do with what I have and release the ball quicker. And he's done that. And of course, having a guy like uh, on the outside, like Tyreek Hill, who possibly is the fastest man in the NFL, that always helps when you got a guy that quick and he can break routes and give you that extra step when you need that extra step behind the line. I'm going Chiefs big. I like the spread. And uh, I, li- I, li- I just want to say it's possible that the Chiefs are back. Yeah, you know, as the great Denny Green said, if you want to crown him, crown him. I don't want to crown him yet, but uh, if they win this game by like 17 to 20 points, I think we might be close to doing so. Um, I like Kansas City. I like the points. Uh, I, the 10 is high, and as I went on a rant and said I don't like double-digit spreads as much as I did at the beginning of the season because now teams are kind of figuring out who they are. Um, I think Vegas is kind of figuring some teams out. And that whole, is Denver good after four weeks? We know they're bad. And, they, you know, it is what it is at this point. Kansas City's rolling. They're steamrolling. They're getting hot when you want them to. And to credit something you said here, Jess, to piggyback off of it, credit to Andy Reid for being able to go, holy shit, our offensive line is Swiss cheese. Again, we've got to scheme around this Swiss cheese offensive line to the best of our ability, whether it's quick screen passes, whether it's quick play actions, whether it's quick, uh, you know, whatever the fuck they're doing, dink and dunks, uh, or rolling pad out to give them the extra two seconds to try and get a Kelsey open or a hill deep. Um, He does it well. That's why he is, you know, is one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the league right now. I like the Chiefs. I like to tend. I'm going to leave it at that, Jess. Here it is, the sexiest game of the year, the sexiest game of the season, of the week, of the year. The New England Patriots, those dastardly devils, the thorn in the side of your Buffalo Bills, the last, I don't know, forever, infinity. They're back, Jess. I warned you about this. I said this at the beginning of the season again. A pat on the back of myself. I said, watch out for the Patriots. You never know. They're getting a lot of defensive players back. And here we are. They're doing exactly what you think they would do. Belichick is playing a safe offense and putting up just enough points. And the defensive schemes are seeming to work. The special teams are seeming to work. When Belichick's hitting, he's hitting. This is a three-point spread buffalo at home that three-point spread at home again it's very telling jess who you got it's tough man um on a biased level i gotta say fuck the patriots man like, of course stand them right I expect like, nothing less i think 90 i think 95 percent of america can honestly be like oh man fuck the patriots we've had enough of this they're basically the evil empire without being you know from new yes. york um, Bill Belichick just had an interview where he was uh, being he was asked about Buffalo Bills fan Bills Mafia and he goes well you know what I can guarantee you that they don't like me much you know it, it's it's that you can Bill confirm Belichick. that Jess yes I can confirm that that Bills Mafia does not like Bill Belichick at all at That's all nice. not even a little bit like we appreciate you know, that we we tote the line of respect for mm. the coach but liking him not at all anyway um, Bill Belichick is riding that high right now. He started the season off rough. Everybody was putting down the Patriots. The Cam Newton thing fell apart. Now you're starting a rookie quarterback. He didn't necessarily start off hot, but Bill Belichick, the mastermind of head coaching in, in all of football, once again figured out, this is how I get the most out of my quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he has developed a playbook and schemes and, and possessions and <clears throat> everything else on the offensive side of the ball to make Mac Jones a fully functioning, uh, you know, on the line. Starting quarterback. On, all, on the line, all pro quarterback. I mean, the guys. I don't know about all pro, but it's sufficient. Pro Bowl. <laughs> I mean, he's doing everything he's supposed to do. And here's the thing. This is what Nick Saban did with Mac Jones at Alabama. 
And guess who's buddies? Mm. Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. Don't tell, me, don't tell me that those who haven't talked about Mac Jones and what he oh, can yeah. and cannot Million bring percent. to the table to a football team, because they have. And Bill Belichick has put every single weapon that Mac Jones has available to work for this New England Patriots team, and it's done very well over the last, uh, what now, seven games? Are they Maxima- seven maximizing the skill set, maximizing the talent. Yes. Bill Belichick, over the years, has done just that with several players, not named Tom Brady. I'm stealing, I'm stealing a line from Ryan Clark today. He said they don't have the best team. They have the team that plays the best. There you go, and that makes and that makes sense. Uh, Stephen A. Smith just a few weeks ago said the New England Patriots are not as talented as the Buffalo Bills, but they play harder than the Buffalo Bills. They want the game, they want the win more than the Buffalo Bills, and that's that's shown in practice, that's shown in game, that's shown after the game and on the flight home. And the Patriots have been playing very hard. I think that this game will be a close game. I think that Sean McDermott and and uh, and Leslie Frazier, if there's two people who are defensively minded enough to, to stop Mac Jones in a team with not much of a run game, okay, they have some but not much, I think that, that McDermott and Leslie Frazier can do that. I'm putting full faith into those two men and their defensive minds to stop Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. I think it will happen. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the points because, guys, I think the Buffalo will end up winning by, like, 10, 9 to 10 points. Three points seems a little low. So I'm taking Buffalo. I'm taking the points. And and fuck the New England Patriots. I remember uh, last Monday when we did not do a show and I was speaking with my friends and I said, yeah, I think Dallas would beat Kansas City by, like, 20 points. And I was just, my confidence was through the roof. I was just, I was optimistic, Jay, and now I'm pessimistic. So I love your optimism here, despite Buffalo having some up and down games. When we did uh, the second or third podcast here, because I believe we're in episode 30 something at this point, we brought the show back, Jess. If you recall, I pulled the Buffalo Bills schedule up and I said, let me just kind of go harsh on this and and pick out some losses here and now we're here and now i'm wondering is this where i do my split is this where i go man buffalo's got to split with new england especially now because i mean i was thinking that before the season started and now where we're at with all the pieces in play shit i almost feel like i have to take new england here um i'm not I'm going to go Buffalo. I think but I think this is going to be who has the ball at the end of the game, last possession type of game. Um, I don't think it's going to be high scoring by any means. This is another 20 to 17, 24, 20 type game. I don't see this game getting into the 30s at all. Um, I like 24, 20 Buffalo. I like Buffalo to win. I like Buffalo to cover. And I'm sure, Jess, you feel the same. I'm, you Again, you're being optimistic, which I love. But I'm sure you would not be surprised if they end up splitting and this is where the split happens and then Buffalo fucks around and ends up in New England later in the season. They win that game. Because they, they have another game, right? Where they play again at some point. Yeah, right? yeah we, uh, Buffalo and New England 16, have not met 17. yet this season yeah. until this week. And uh, it just so happens to be a, a really big game. And uh, I just this, if it's going to be a split, I think that the split will happen. Uh, both teams winning on their home turf. This is where it gets unique too, because this is what I think happened with Dallas in back-to-back weeks before that Kansas City game, when we were all myself again being a homer, being optimistic. Jay, the Cowboys fan, going, "Well, everything's clicking. Their offense is clicking. Their defense is clicking. Nobody has COVID. We're going to be fucking fine." And, uh, and then Amari goes out and then offensive linemen go out and, and then things happen. But more importantly, you have a primetime game. That Dallas-Kansas City game was a primetime game and they got punched in the mouth. And then you have another primetime game against Oakland. I think it was the most watched football game of all time now that the ratings are coming in for the Thanksgiving game. Uh, and they got punched. Yeah, I don't want to say they got punched in the mouth, but they lost. Um, so now I start to wonder, are the – is this Cowboys team just having problems getting up for the big games? And now I wonder with 
Buffalo, and I know they've been in some big games. They were in some big games the last two years, I'd say. But is this one of those big primetime games? You got to get up for it. It almost feels like it's a must win, right? Especially with the circumstances pending now. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think Buffalo, for whatever reason, I think is just been uh, a little high on the pedestal on their on their own ego trip, so to speak. Starting the season off, everybody was like, they're the darlings of the NFL now. They're Super Bowl contenders. Josh Allen's going to be MVP. We're going to have all this stuff. It's going to be Buffalo Bills mania. Things are going to be all red, white, and blue all season long. And and remember, the Bills are a young team. Uh, mm-hmm. They're led by all their captains. They're very young guys. I think that it's easy for young men to get swept up in the moment. It happens in sports across the world. It happens in our own you know, backyard football games uh, on Turkey Bowl days. We get swept up in the moment. And I think the Bills completely lost track of what, the, uh, what McDermott's um, uh, win one day at a time motto. And uh, they started looking to the next week. Oh, we got Jacksonville. Oh, that's a win. Let's, what's next week? And that's when you start to lose focus, and that's when you lose games. I think that the Bills are still a very good football team. I do believe, without all non-biased speaking, I do believe that they are a Super Bowl contending team mm-hmm. this season. But there's definitely holes in their game, and uh, offensively, they need to fix that. Brian, uh, Coach Dable needs to get the offense rolling again, whether it's the little screen passes, where it's the little you know like quick quick outs. Josh needs to get comfortable in the pocket because, again, Buffalo is also another one of those teams. We were talking about Seattle earlier. Uh, we were talking about um, uh, some other teams that where the offensive line is not that good. Buffalo's offensive line is not that good. Yeah. Josh has been taking a lot of hits. Uh, he's got uh, more interceptions now at this point in time of the season than he did last year. And a lot of that is because he's being – That's hurried. alarming. He's being hurried and having to run and throw the football into coverages that I don't think he necessarily is, is uh, comfortable in, but he's trying to make plays. And what that's called in Buffalo is Josh is playing hero ball. Yeah, I can't have that. That's when bad things happen. So I do think Buffalo wins this game. I do think they cover, but I have to give you props for one thing. You've been on the Mac Jones bandwagon Practically all season long, brother. You've never said anything bad about Mac Jones. You've always said, well, look out for Mac Jones. Is Mac Jones the guy that's going to replace Cam? That happened. He said, is Mac Jones going to be the rookie, uh, offensive rookie of the year? That could possibly happen. You have been on target, my friend. I think that I'm, I'm still pessimistic in some moments. I think that he's going to have that bad game. And maybe, you know, as a friend speaking here, maybe this is the game, hopefully. Uh, you're rooting for you. But I, I, uh, you just don't have a consistent rookie have average, below average, good games, average, below average. It just doesn't happen. At some point, a rookie quarterback is going to have that bad game. It just happens with every rookie quarterback. As long as we've had rookie quarterbacks, it just, there's going to be that one game. And I mean, it. maybe it's this game. Maybe it's a few games down the road. It's going to happen. But the thing is, and credit to Belichick again, as I said when we started this conversation, he's done a good job of maximizing the potential and going, all right, we're going to do what you do great, and we're going to do as much as we can with it. We're going to make sure that the plays are littered with those type of things that that emphasize what you're great at. And the things you're not so great at, we're going to try and hide those things. Now, of course, what great defenses are going to do are they're going to make you do the opposite, right? They're going to try and take away those best plays, and they're going to try and put you into those positions where you're where you're making mistakes, not throwing well, not doing the things you like to do, get you out of your comfort zone, if you will. Um, it's This, again, this to me is going to be a great game, and I can't wait. Um, I'm interested in seeing both sides of the ball as well. I want to see what um, New England's defense does against that Buffalo offense and something else here before we hop off of Buffalo um, Buffalo has traded wins and losses here and you got to put together two or three wins in a row here. If you're going to be considered legitimate um, here's their next five games, Jess um, versus the Patriots at the Buccaneers versus the Panthers at the Patriots versus the Falcons. And they finish with the Jets majority of those are winnable games. Even if they split with the Patriots, they should definitely beat the Jets. They should definitely beat the Falcons. They should definitely beat the Panthers. I mean, and the Buccaneers game is going to be the outlier, right? Yeah. 
Um, I mean, they should be finishing with 11 wins here. And, and again, as, as a, you know, as a Buffalo Bills fan, I would think, okay, if they're going to split with the Patriots, that's fine. But if we win that Bucks game, I mean, you're going, you're winning five out of the next six and now you're 12, you know, 13 and four or whatever it is, 13 and five. That's pretty fucking impressive. That's a good way to finish a season. No, definitely. Uh, last year at this point in time, uh, people have to remember like uh, Buffalo didn't lose after Thanksgiving. So uh, that was kind of like the premise of like this season. Like we had Thanksgiving, uh, we won that game. Let's win every game after. But you're you're completely right. Like if you're going to be a true Super Bowl continued team, like a team where you know media looks at you and goes, "Man, these guys they're for real." Like you know, it doesn't matter what happened in the first six, seven, eight games. Like let's look at what's happening right now. Uh, you have to put together strings of wins. You can't just win one, lose one, win one, win one, lose one. You have to win two, three, even mm-hmm. four games. The Patriots, for gosh sakes, they're on like a seven-game winning streak right now or something like mm-hmm. that. It's absolutely phenomenal what Bill Belichick has been doing over there in New England. And, uh, I mean, look at uh, what uh, this last week, uh, Cam Newton, I'm back, I'm back. He completed five passes. Yeah, the, his, yeah. So, the Cam Newton Bill, thing was a great story. For, Bill Belichick uh, knows what he's doing, folks. Yeah, the Cam, the Cam thing was great for the week or two that it was, but, I mean, now with them losing McCaffrey, I mean, that, you know, it was a great, fun story. The I'm back was great. Him putting the ball in the middle of the field when he came back. That's all a great Disney Plus story when the time <laughs> comes. But now the reality of what happened when Cam came back is now hitting us all. And we all a realize. hot take real quick also. Go for it. Christian McCaffrey will not be a Carolina Panther next season. Oh, you're so wrong. That is hot. That is hot. He just got paid. Why do people think nope, that? He just got not. paid. He is an injury-prone running back. So I tweeted about this. I, 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 Todd, I followed he, you. He is, I tweeted this also. I said, he is the next Todd Gurley. No, dude, I followed your tweet up on that. How about that? And I tagged the show. So I believe that you are right. There is some truth there, right? But to really go further on it, and this is my tweet, 70% of the Panthers offense, and I don't have the actual number in front of me. I'm just fucking it's guessing right. based off the football that I've watched the last three years. It's focused around him, him touching the ball, him play action with him. It all revolves around him. But here's the thing, too, and this has happened with Zeke Elliott, is he's constantly pass blocking as well. So he's constantly getting chipped at. His knees are constantly getting hit. His legs are constantly getting chipped at. And he's he's just always getting a body put on him, and that shit will put wear and tear on you at some point. When you're not splitting carries, when you don't have reliable receivers to help you, when you don't have quarterback help, and when your defense is constantly going three and out. That means your ass is back on the field getting beat up more, taking 70 of 70% more of the snaps. There aren't a lot of running backs in the league that that are happening with now. Najee Harris, maybe? maybe. There's not a lot of running backs that are really eating like that uh, and eating effectively. So while I agree with you that Christian McCaffrey's best days may be behind him, right? Him being an absolute juggernaut statistically might be behind him. I mean, one, I'm glad he got paid. Two, it makes sense that his body would fall apart after three years of just getting fucking beat up for 16 weeks a a year. And the guy took an absolute beating. He's probably been hit more than any running back in the past four years. If there's another one, let me know. I can't think of him. No, you're probably right as far as that's concerned. Um, So my hot take is is due to – his inability to stay on the field. Um, when you get paid, they expect you to play. Mm-hmm. And they didn't pay him like a normal running back. They knew very well that they were paying CMC because he's your 90% offense guy. Like you said, Jay, and I agree with you 100%, uh, every, almost everything offensively runs <laughs> through McCaffrey, whether it's the play-action fake or he's just touching the ball or he's swinging out for a pass. Um, the problem is, is when he's not on the field, now that offense has to go to somebody else that's much less reliable, including in the hands of your much less reliable quarterback, Cam Newton, uh, or Sam Darnold, whichever one. I have yeah. neither of them. Uh, the offensive line is terrible. The defense is terrible. So if the only guy on there that makes your team better is CMC, can you imagine in the 2022 NFL draft, 
when some team like the New Orleans Saints or even the New England Patriots or somebody says, hey, you know what, we could totally use that guy and he could help our team and we could switch up our scheme so he doesn't get hit as much and he's still productive. And then they give up like a second round draft pick or a second and a fourth round draft. Yeah, that's what that's what it's gonna take. Now you have some capital to go into the draft and draft some other players and start rebuilding that franchise, which is exactly what Carolina needs. (laughs) So I think the counter argument to that now is just the common running backs are a dime a dozen and they're no longer the valuable asset that they were 10 years ago, which is why you're not seeing them get paid as much, which is why you're now seeing more running back by committee, which is why you're seeing um, running backs not get drafted until the third or fourth round, um, but still getting a shitload of playing time, still getting those carries, still getting those snaps. Um, I, I would have to look at his contract because I think ultimately that's what would hold up him being traded. But if the numbers were right, I could see it. I could see somebody going, we're des- uh, you know, the, the old L.A., uh, the, 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 I was going to say the Clippers, the, the L.A. thing, the Rams thing. We're yeah. going all in. We're going all fucking in. We want to win a championship now. And you know how we're going to win a championship by trading a second and a fourth rounder this year and a third rounder next year and getting Christian McCaffrey, uh, paying him out for the next three years. And he's getting paid. My assumption is that Carolina gave him a lot of upfront money. And maybe that's why the, the contract is is more trade friendly not necessarily team friendly because he he got a lot of upfront money but i do remember him getting paid and when i talked with one of my buddies today that said he got hurt the first thing i thought was well he got paid so i mean fuck it he got paid (laughs) you know what i'm saying like that's the fucked up thing about the nfl and this is the reality they don't want to pay you for what you did in the past this isn't a what have you done for me previously it's what are you going to do for me in the future right you're being paid for your future performances not necessarily your past performances um so that that's what hurts running backs these days yeah and with with McCaffrey's contract the way it was I believe that you're right there was a whole lot of upfront money in in uh guaranteed cash Mm -hmm. so I think that if he was three years or so into his contract maybe it's a situation where they can go to uh, McCaffrey and say hey Christian, we love you. We want you to be part of this franchise. We don't want to trade you for draft picks. We really think that we can build around you still, but we're going to have to make your contract a little bit more team friendly. I think now that he's only in like year one or two of his contract, I think it's impossible to do that. So it's either trade him or keep him and hope that he can stay healthy. And out of those two options, I think from a general manager standpoint, you got to think, man, if I can get two, three really good draft picks, then I'm sitting pretty, like, in my rebuild. So. This is the second year of his contract. It That's was $64 million, second of four years. So what, what I would look at here, Jess, is you're only paying him for two years. If I'm trading for him, I'm going, okay, I'm giving up a second and a fourth round pick or and something next year. I'm paying him a decent amount of coin for what you'd pay a running back because he is getting paid a lot yes. for the next two years. But, again, I'm doing this with a thought process of we're going all in. This is this is the difference maker. This is where, for example, Baltimore, and we're a stud running back away from winning a championship. You know, I'm just using a team like Baltimore, for example. I can't think of fucking anybody else, but you get what I'm saying. Here. Yeah. Uh, quick, quick MMA, quick combat sports, right, to round it out, and then we'll get out of here, Jess. Um Quickly, the Tiafimo Lopez uh, versus, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, which I hate doing, uh, Cambosos, Cambososos Jr. This is one of the best fights I've seen all year, Jess. I would put it as my top boxing fight of the year. Um, I would say if you have zone and you have not seen it, go out of your way to watch it. Um, just a fun, action-packed fight. Lopez came in, an enormous dog, talked a lot of shit coming off of the uh, knock. He, he just won a big fight and the name's escaping me of who he had just speaks. My names are bouncing around my head now. Um, but Cambosis just looked impressive as hell. This was a fun fight. A lot of action. And if you have the zone, I strongly encourage you to go out of your way to watch it. Lopez is in trouble because after the fight, he was talking a lot of shit. 
um, like he was going to be like he's a hot prospect still. The problem is when you lose a fight, you're not necessarily a hot prospect anymore. You're no longer the hot prospect. You're no longer Mayweather with the no one in your record. Now you have that loss. So as big as his previous win was boxing and boxing contracts are always going to be a what have you done for me lately so he's talking about his dad was talking about well we're leaving the zone and we're going to go fight on plus and we'll go with top rank and then we'll eventually get him from plus to a pay-per-view type event but the, the negotiating power isn't there when you lose to a mandatory challenger and that's where it's going to get really interesting i know there's a lot of people right now that are doing the the armchair quarterback, if you will, with Lopez's career. And there's a lot of different factors here, right? The fight was bounced around a few different times. COVID got involved here. Training camps. I think this fight was pushed back six months, if not more. Um, So shit happens, right? It's just boxing. Um, But with all that said, enormous loss for Lopez. I'm not sure what he does next. He was acting like he doesn't want a rematch, but if he worked it right, if he worked his mouthpiece right, that rematch would be an enormous deal, an enormous deal. Uh, But again, I don't know what he does next. Uh, Jess, I don't know if you saw any of this fight or any highlights of this fight. Uh, Any thoughts on the Lopez, Kim Bosos fight? I just saw highlights. Um, Mm -hmm. I I am not a DAZN subscriber. No, Uh, don't blame you. Uh, so listen, folks, my man Jay, when he starts talking about a certain fight, you at least have to go and watch highlights. If you're a, if you're a novice dude like me, as far as boxing is concerned, you got to go and at least watch highlights. My man Jay was going off all night about this fight. Like, yes, when I when I tweet after tweet, he loved yes. this fight. Everything about this fight, he loved. Yes. So when, when my man starts going off and follow him on Twitter at Valdez spelled backwards five five nine. If if my man starts going off about a boxing f- match, you got to either go watch it or you got to watch the highlights. So I went and watched some highlights, and it was a very very fun match. Matter of fact, in my in uh, my small term- uh, terminology here in uh, in boxing world, uh, the boxing world over the past twenty twenty one has been a really really fun year. A lot of it really has. fun. Really big fights. I mean, mm-hmm. people have the fights. The, the fights are living up to the hype. A million percent. People have talked about the death of boxing. No, we for, do this every year. For it's ridiculous. Even a guy like me hears it, and I'm like, Nah, man, boxing boxing's gonna be around long after you're gone. You and look at you look at this. is held tight. It's held that that same stance. Like it's been a really really fun year in boxing. And the last fight, if you watch the highlights. Really back and forth, a lot of big yep. shots landed, a lot of technical guys getting landed. dropped. Guys getting dropped, just all the fun. The like, craziest part is Lopez swore he was going to knock this guy out in the first round. Swore all the way up until the, the the day before the fight, he was outside barking, "I'm knocking this guy out in one round." He gets dropped so badly, looking to be offensive because he's chasing a knockout that the dude just clocks him with a clean fucking right hand. That you, it's so fast. And a perfectly timed right hand. And there's a moment in the third or fourth round where you can tell that Lopez is realizing this guy's not going anywhere and I'm in a fucking dogfight. Now, the thing to Lopez's credit, he didn't wilt. He didn't wilt at that moment. He went, okay, I'm going to bite that on my mouthpiece and I'm going to try and figure it out. The problem was he didn't. He never figured Cambosis out. He dropped him later in the fight because he's got that power. He's got that ultimate equalizer. Um, but again, Jess, you're right. Piggyback on your point. Fun fight. Bud Crawford versus Sean Porter the week before that. Fun oh, fight. That was a fun fight also. You got Fury versus Wilder, which is a fun fight. You've got so many fun fights this year. Um, quickly, Jess, we'll do some UFC and then we'll get out of here. There is a UFC this weekend. Um, there are some fights that I think everyone, our MMA Twitter people will be looking at. The Jimmy Crute versus Jamal Hill fight is going to be fun. Uh, Rafael Fiziev, I am an enormous Fiziev guy. I'm a, I think this guy has a ton of upside potential. He's fighting Brad Riddell, who only has one loss. And the main event, Jose Aldo, Rob, Rob Font. Rob Font, a four or five fight win streak here, Jess. Yeah. Uh, quickly, Jess, Aldo Font, who you got? Uh, I, I'm going to say real quick that I love Aldo in this fight. I think the leg kicks are, are going to be the mm-hmm. they're going to be the decision maker. Yeah, and we've all seen that happen through Aldo's career. Um, uh, but Rob Font has proven that at whatever stage in your career, if you're willing to take that blind leap of faith and change your camp, 
change your training methods, change where you train, that it can possibly be that boost to your career. He went from being like a middling type fighter who got fights, but, you know, he was like a mid-card guy, you know, and then he gradually he started getting some wins and getting higher up on the cards. Now he's on a four or five uh, fight win streak, and the guy's fighting a former featherweight champion, Jose Aldo. It's an amazing fight. Both these guys mm-hmm. are barn burners. Font loves it to, to be aggressive. He's going to be aggressive. I think that's going to be what screws him over in the end because Aldo's going to use those leg kicks to just batter him. And uh, I'm still looking for a TKO in probably the third round. Yeah, this is an incre- this is an incredible fight, and we love uh, stories in fights. And the story here is can Font step it up to the elite level, the top tier level of competition here. Here's a true test here. But also, where is Jose Aldo at here? His father time finally caught up with him. Is the you know the young WEC champion from 15 years ago finally looking like the older gentleman, like a guy that has almost 40 career MMA fights is finally caught up with them. I agree with you. I think once again, I'm still on your take. I think the leg kicks will be the difference in the fight. Rob Font is an offensive fighter and you can't be too offensive against Jose Aldo unless you're like a Max Holloway. I don't think Rob Font is a Max Holloway and I think Aldo gets him out of there sometime in the third or fourth round. TKO. I like that. Jess, I got like two minutes. How was Hawaii? Uh, Hawaii was fun. Um, uh, it, it was it was Hawaii, man. Like, sun, and, uh, sun and fun on the beach, sand and you know room service and expensive shit because Hawaii is just expensive. What was your best I, meal I, out I there? I brought extra cash. What was your best meal? I believe it was called Surfside. Um, it was a walk up uh, mobile dining. Wow! And uh, it was a uh, fish tacos. With uh, some it. sort of white fish, I want to say cod or something, but it might not have okay. been cod, it might have been something else. It was some sort of white fish with the best slaw I've ever had in my life. Oh, wow. And it was just so fresh. You could tell, you know, like everything that you get there. Yeah, like, I love that. You know, whether it was sushi or fish or whatever. No, I, I love mean, that. It, it, oh. If it was seafood related, it was just it's fresh. fresh as fuck. Like they basically caught it in front of you and then threw it on yeah. your plate. That's the best. It was, that really it was, is the best. That's what I love about Mexico. That's the best shit about Mexico. And you get some of that in San Francisco as well and some of it in the Bay. But I don't I I mean it's it's fucking expensive. Um hey, we made it. End of the show. Shout out you. Can we hit the plugs and get out of here? Yeah. So again, uh thank you for listening. Uh our short show ended up going a little bit longer. I hope you guys still uh enjoyed and listened. Uh, we're going to try to get back on track. The holidays, by the way, hope all of your guys' Thanksgiving was amazing. Yes. If not, Christmas around the corners, you can make up for Thanksgiving. Yes, this is a pro holiday show. We are very pro holiday. We love you guys. Right now, we got lots of love for everybody because it is the holiday season. Uh, please follow Jay on Twitter at Valdez spelled backwards five five nine. Follow myself at JTT eighty one. Excuse my voice. I am deathly sick right now. Yeah, what's going on with you? You get that I, new Rona while I you got, were out I there? Got, I got like the comeback from the vacation Rona, man. Like, yeah, I came back. I got sick. This is I was worst. perfectly fine in Hawaii. Perfectly fine. Get on that plane next day. I'm like, oh man, I feel like crap. A couple I'm days worried about it, you. Couple I'm days into about it, you now. it's terrible. I'm perfectly fine. I don't have the Rona. I guarantee it. <laughs> don't folks, guarantee. I don't. It. I don't have the 36th variant. I'm just <laughs> fine. My booster shots even coming up here pretty soon. I got things under control. Uh, follow myself at JTT81 on Twitter. Follow the show at Team Toss21. Most importantly, follow the show. We need to get the show to 500 followers. Yeah, at least. Please uh, Jay, follow the Jay show. and I are well above the thousand mark right now. Matter You're like fact, over two thousand. You just have so many. I just hit twenty six hundred, and That's I still ridiculous. have not received. I still have not received my blue check. So Twitter verified. Can we please get the fuck on that right now? Okay? You have to I've pay for that, less, I think. I've seen I think you have to pay people. for it now. I've oh, seen I believe, less I agree with I'm that. Paying, no, I'm not paying. I agree please. with that. No, I agree <laughs> with that. You got that. I like that. I like that. No, I. first of all, yes, you're right. There are people with less followers than you that have the blue check mark. And also, Jess, where you really are right is you've been on Twitter for a lot longer than some people, oh, yeah. but they already have blue check marks. That, to me, is the real bullshit, all right? You're not some fucking bot. 
Exactly. I've been around the block, folks. I'm a Twitter OG by now. Triple I know OG. how it all works. Ten years. Just give me my blue check, Twitter verified. Let's do this. We were on MMA Twitter when MMA Twitter was cool and fun and actually um, like the place to be. Now yep. it's just a cesspool. It is kind of a cesspool. Hey, by the way, though, we love you guys. Yeah, shout out MMA Twitter. Please follow the show, Team Hearts 21. MMA Twitter. Hashtag MMA Twitter. Shout out to hashtag Team Horns Up. We love you guys yes, as well. Please, the boys. For, for the love of God, during the holidays, stay horny, folks, because it's great. It's a great time to be horny. It just, is. Just do your thing. MMA Twitter, you guys stay on the combat bandwagon. And NFL football Twitter, all you guys hashtags, whatever. Just stay on your thing, man. We love it. Uh, send us stuff to talk about. And please... Help Team Toss 21 get to 500. We just want to get to 500, guys. Can we do that by the end of the year? Let's push that. I think that we should. I think that's a great Let's push push that. We got six weeks. We're at least over halfway right now. So I think we can get another 150 followers by the end of the year. Let's do it. Let's push it. Let's push it. Folks, that's the show. We'll be back next week. And then, obviously, the closer we get to the Christmas, we'll take that week off because we love the holidays so much. We actually want to be with our families and friends. So we won't be with you. But we will be with you shortly we'll after. We'll figure some shit out. We'll do more sports, combat sports. And we're going to talk about how I'm going to still try very hard to get a part of this triad combat and fight a yes! fucking bear. Most importantly, triad combat. If, if I have to, I will fight Frank Mir in a bear suit because I still think that I can beat his ass. I actually love that idea. So let's push that as well, folks. Frank, Frank Mir in a bear suit versus me, triad combat. Let's do this. You guys, guys both need wins. We're out of here. We both need some serious wins. Folks, we're out of here. We had a great time with you. We'll see you next week. Peace, Scott.